Welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. Join cross-cultural leadership expert, Dr. Tom Vergus, as he offers perspectives and strategies on the issues affecting global leaders in the ever-changing world of global business. Welcome everyone to CQ for Global Leaders. My name is Tom Vergus. I'm joined on this episode by Dr. Jürgen Strauss. Hello, Jürgen. Hi, Tom. How are you going? I am well, thanks. How are you? That's good, thanks. Yeah, I'm good too. The sun's shining in through my window here on a beautiful winter's day, so it couldn't be better. It is nice today, yes. So what are we talking about today, Tom? Today, I thought on this episode, we could talk about what have you learned during the COVID-19 lockdown? Mm. That's a fascinating one. And there's lots of emails flying around of people um, telling us what we should be learning. So I'm fascinated (laughs) to have this conversation with you. Yes, what we should be learning. Well, I'll tell you, the the topic was actually prompted by a dinner conversation uh, two weekends ago, because obviously there was easing up of restrictions here in Melbourne two weekends ago, where you were allowed to have five guests in a house. So uh, we, my wife and I, were invited over to a friend's place, close, close friends, old friends. And uh, we were having beautiful food, delicious wine. And that was one of the topics that was thrown into the mix. One of the, one of the guests talked about, hey, what have you learned during the COVID-19 lockdown? So we ended up going around the table with everyone sharing things that they had learned. And it was, it was really interesting. For me, in fact, I wrote about it in my uh, newsletter this month. So I thought I would do a podcast about it as well. Mm. So what are some of the topics that came up? So here are some of the things that came up. This was, this was the diversity of responses that uh, we had. So one was actually someone saying, I realized how little money I needed to live on. <laughs> or vice versa, I realized actually how much money I was wasting on mm. trivia or trivial things. That was one. Uh, another one was actually relearning how to play a musical instrument. Another one was really learning how to uh, maintain my own mental health. So someone shared that. Someone shared the fact that they had really increased their cooking repertoire. So they had learned to cook a lot more. And that was was really good. And of course, the flip side of that was having cooked more, I was also eating more. So therefore, (laughs) I put on more weight. So, you know, those were kind of some of the the flow-on effects um, as such. Definitely something that most of us agreed was we had all of us had ramped up our technology skills because we were all having to do that it had been forced upon us so uh, that was something that uh, came up Um, yeah so i think those were those were those were all the things that really people around the table were were sharing 
Mm. Did you explore the, I mean, it, just sort of touching on a few of those, it's fascinating because the I bake my own bread and we've been ha finding great difficulty getting wholemeal flour for the bread. And so right. I think the baking... The baking thing is something that a lot of people have done um, but certainly there's if you watch what's going on on YouTube a lot of people have taken on either new hobbies or hobbies that they've kind of put on the back burner for a long time because now they're not traveling around and not visiting other people so they've um, started getting involved in those hobbies such as learning a musical instrument as well. Mm, mm. Did you get on to how some of those things might be maintained or how they might change hmm. the new normal once the lockdown's over and once yes, the well, I, I think it was it was certainly talked about in terms of would we in fact how many of these things would we want to maintain so i don't know i think though for me so the things that i shared in terms of in the group, one of the things that I've shared, so from a professional basis, I think I have definitely, I would be one of those people who I've definitely increased my uh, technology skills. I've certainly done that because, you mm. know, we are having to obviously work a lot with technology. That's one. Uh, two, I am with a local a group here. I have inevitably become, in fact, the person who teaches uh, others in the group, how to use Zoom. And these are most mm. of these people in this group are in their 70s and 80s. So I've had to also, part of that teaching has really instilled in me a, a greater level of patience, you know, because you're teaching people like that who are not that familiar with computer how to use Zoom technology, which I know for younger people are really straightforward. So I have learned patience and I've learned definitely technology skills. The other thing I've learned is, I have had to, in the last month or so, take my work online. So the number of webinars that I'm doing now has really increased. And I have become, I've had to become much better at doing webinars because it's a whole different platform. It's a different modality of presenting in a room. So as you know, the, you know my, my whole work has been really working with groups, running seminars, doing conferences, running workshops, and all live. Now I'm mm. doing it, still doing it live, but via technology. But the modality yeah, is really different. Mm. You're not in the same room. You're not in the same room, and you're trying to, having to mm. keep people's attention. And the fact of it, of the matter is nearly 95% of people, when they are engaging in some form of technology or using or, or on a webinar, 95% of people multi-skill and do something mm. else. So multitask, the, yeah. Yeah, multitask, mm. multitask, that's yeah. the word. So it's, it's so the challenge of trying to keep people uh, engaged is, is really challenging. So I've had to really... I think, and ramp my skills up uh, in that area. So I've certainly mm. learned that. Mm. And so what are some of the things you do there? Because um, I know this is, you know, we've, we've um, we had uh, our Toastmasters group, which meets in person once a month and you know, people present speeches and so on. They've moved to online meetings and that's been a real challenge there, having people 
pay full attention. Obviously, when they're sitting in the audience in a real meeting, in a live meeting, they're not doing anything else because we ask them to turn their phones off and so on. Mm. Um, but when they're at home in front of their computer screen, they could do a whole lot of other things. And certainly early on, a lot of people were experimenting with the Zoom backgrounds, the virtual backgrounds and all kinds of stuff. So there's all kinds of other stuff going on. So how do you, what have you learned about keeping people's attention focused on just that one thing, that webinar? Well, a couple of things. One is really when you're presenting live, content is, is really a key thing, right? I mean, you've got to have good content good stories, etc. Mm. I find that really on a webinar, uh, content is, yes, it's important, but it really doesn't form a bulk of what you're presenting. So content tends to, for me, take a smaller proportion of the webinar. It's more around engagement. So how do you present some concepts or how do you present some frameworks? And then how do you get people engaged in discussions on the application of those frameworks. So that has been a a different viewpoint in terms of how we engage people. That's one thing I'm doing differently. So Mike, I've really reduced the amount of content down. It's also to do with timing. You can do a workshop for half a day and engage people, right? It's very Mm. difficult to do webinars that are go on for half a day. Have I done them? Yes, I have. Have I done full day webinars? Yes, I have with frequent breaks. It's extremely tiring, extremely tiring. I find as a presenter, you work much, much harder doing it uh, on a webinar because you're having to really focus on coming through on a small camera. You have to be far more conscious of your body language, far more conscious of your facial expressions to maintain the energy. And it's two-dimensional. People are coming through you on a screen. So it's very difficult to get what I call the feedback, you know, the emotive feedback. That's that's challenging. So, yes, I think that's one of the things I've done. One's content. Two is really designing of the activities. Design of the activity and structure is different. Three is the visuals are definitely different. We have reworked all our visuals. Uh, we have we do not use the same slides. The design of the slides and the color choices are all very different now on a virtual. Uh, and the fourth thing is probably the level of interactivity using the tools available to us. Which, when mm. you know, again in a live audience, you can just do that because you're casting your eye over, uh, whereas, again, in a live audience, you, you, I mean, in a webinar, you, you can't quite do that. The other thing I've also learned has been to try as much as possible, depending on what the topic is. So if you're doing a presentation where you are delivering, of course, it doesn't make much difference. You can have as many people as you want in the group. But if you're doing a far more workshop-type module, I find... 12 people, that's plenty, plenty. Because, so it's no different to actually a live situation. You want to to keep people engaged. So those would be some of the things that that I'm doing differently. So my dog is getting very excited out there because of course it's (laughs) end of the day and he's saying, what about my walk? 
What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's um, walking the dog, obviously, has been a, a good uh, good way to get out and about in this time when we've actually been in lockdown, but we have had the ability to go out and exercise once a day up until a, a week and a half ago. Yes. One of the things I've noticed is that there are so many people now that are going out on daily walks or, you know, as families, getting together as families that you'd never see out and about mm. because they, you know, their typical free time might be involving um, the local sporting club or, or some local club. So they're doing other things. But now everybody's either out walking or riding bikes and and as family groups, which I think is quite nice to see. Um, and I hope some of that remains. Yeah, I would hope so as well. I think definitely I'm seeing more people out and about. I have, for instance, also noticed talking about exercise that although I take the dog out for a walk and things like that, I, I find my level of fitness has has diminished uh, because I used to do yoga regularly and I used to go to the gym and uh, and the only reason I've gone to the gym reg uh, uh, regularly is because that's the only way I get to exercise. I'm not a great uh, disciplined person when it of taking myself to the gym, but when I have a trainer and I have an appointment with a personal trainer, I turn up. So uh, yeah. I've worked with my personal trainer now for gosh, close to 18 years. And mm. uh, and what one of the things I love about it is I can turn up in just 30 minutes and it's always different. And I don't have to work. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to, you know, he just says do 10 of this and 15 of that and two of this. Mm. And I just do it and I leave. Thanks. Out. I'm gone. <laughs> uh, so I, all that has stopped. Yeah. So I find that has definitely had, had impact on me. So even though you are doing things like walking the dog, it's at a much more sedentary pace. Okay. Mm. And I'm home more, right? So I find I'm indulging more. I'm eating more. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all these things, which I know are all part of the balance, I think. Yeah, it's got to be the yin and the yang. Yeah, so. mm. All right. So what, what do you think is, the, is a good reflection point for our listener today, Tom? I think the reflection point here is to think about, so what have you learned? For me, the things that came out of that dinner party was one, the diversity of learning that occurred in a group like that. It was incredible. Mm. The variety of things people put up of things that they had learned. So that was, that was really highlighted for me, uh, the uh, diversity. Secondly, was really that the, even though it was a lockdown, it presented opportunities for us to reframe and take on new ways of thinking or new skills. It actually presented that opportunity. So regardless of the situation, there are always opportunities of ways of how we can look at things. And especially that's especially true of leaders. As leaders, we need to be able to reframe things. And the third thing was that as part of adult learning principles, it's really important for us to reflect and you know, make sense. 
of things. So, and that only comes from having the conversation with other people. So mm. those things are really important. So as a leader, my reflection point is, why don't you ask that question to your teams? Ask that question to yourself, ask that question to your family. You may yeah. be surprised at what comes up. Mm. Yeah, and like you say, everybody's learnt different things or seen it from their own unique perspective. So combining the different perspectives can add a lot of value in those conversations. Correct. Mm. Great, Tom. All right. See you next time. Hey, thanks, Jürgen. See you. Thanks for joining us on CQ for Global Leaders. To find out more or contact us, go to culturalsynergies.com.